And welcome to this segment of the PBO podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host, E. Vanderbleet, here with one of his trusted canines, Tinks. Tinks, how you doing? Yeah, Woody, he went to school with my son, so he's not here. His mom, yes, his mom, Tinks, is substituting. Now, Tinks is a retired ninja. So if what you get from Tinks, most cases, when you ask her a question is, you just get the side eye, thinking, I can pull your heart out. So Tinks is giving me the side eye. Now, if Tinks gives you the side eye, that means you need to go over to our website, the pblpodcast.com. All of our social media links are there and click on our YouTube link and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You don't want to get the side eye from Tinks. Let me tell you, ninjas don't play. Anyway, welcome to this episode. In this episode, we're going to delve into some polling and uh, we're going to do this organically together. I'm pulling up, I get most of my data from Real Clear Politics. I know there are a lot of other ones out there, but Real Clear Politics puts it together very nicely and it gives you trends. Now, again, in polling, what you want to watch is you want to watch trends. such as like the presidential election right now you want to look at the trends and we may get into that if we got time on this podcast or this episode is the trend what did the trends say now when i looked at the trends last week for the presidential election biden's leading in the polls but the trends tell you that trump's doing okay that trump has the trend the positive trend because while biden may be up in the polls he's underperforming where hillary clinton was at this same point in time now the polls are going to have a lot more meat on them and merit to them after the debate because if 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 biden does well in this debate that means the polls are going to go up for him and if the polls start trending better for him than where hillary clinton was going into the election it doesn't look good for trump so if biden is doing the big head fake and comes out just blasting away in this debate and does very very well well that's going to hurt Trump. Now, if Trump is also doing a head fake by showing the media that he's not preparing, but he's actually preparing and he does very well, then again, the trends could stay in his favor or they could even flip some of these um, <clears throat> polls to Trump. So this is when it really gets, you know, the closer you get to the election, the better the polls get. Now, let's talk about the Senate polls or even congressional polls, local polling tends to be a lot more accurate than uh, national polling. In fact, it doesn't tend to be. It is. You can't poll nationally and get uh, uh, an accurate number. It all, you know, who was it? Um, oh, what was that former Speaker of the House? Tip O'Neill, who famously said that all politics is local. It is. And it still continues to be local. Now, you're going to hear, I've actually heard a Republican um, Senate uh, local Senate seat here in Georgia. I was at a, a function. He actually said that that's not true anymore, that politics is national. Now, what he meant by that was politics is national based on media influence, meaning the left, the media is so far left that it influences elections. I disagree with him. All politics is local. Boots on the ground when people are talking about their candidates. And remember, you know, with, with polit politicians too and elections and everyone's candidate is great, except everybody else's candidate is crappy. So my, my congressperson, I may love to death, but your congressperson is the problem. No, it doesn't work like that. They're all the problem. And by the way, I don't love my congressperson. I hope she loses her election and, um, and that's Lucy McBath. And I hope she loses and Karen Handel gets in, but you know, the election is just 
it's so hard to tell. And I'm, I'm, I don't want to get into Karen Handel right now in her election. I met Karen. She's a very nice lady and I support her 100% and I will be voting for Karen Handel. And if you are in the sixth congressional district in Georgia, I encourage you to also vote for Karen Handel. I do see a lot more of her placards around than I do of Lucy McBath's. But I, and I also see a lot more of Trump's placards around than I do of Biden. In fact, I rarely see anything of Biden. So let's get into uh, Senate races right now. Currently, the GOP holds 53 seats in the Senate. Now, this is significant because we, we conservatives need the GOP to hold the Senate. Now, the reason why is if we can't get the um, House in the GOP hands, the Democrats are going to impeach this president again. Uh, they'll impeach this president for dropping a toenail clipper on the floor. That's how petty they are right now. So what what's going to happen if President Trump wins re-election and the House stays in the Democrats' hands, well, they're going to impeach him. Now, if the Senate falls into Democrats' hands, they will convict him, and this president will be removed from office. It's just simple as that. Now, all bets are off. If Trump loses the reelection, none of this matters. And, uh, you know, if Trump loses the election and the, the House remains in the Democrats' hands and the, the GOP keeps the Senate, well, we got a balance of power. And that's what you want. You don't want one party controlling all aspects of it, except with how the Democrats are right now. I advocate for the GOP winning back the House. I want the GOP to win back the House. I want the GOP to keep the Senate, and I want the GOP to keep the presidency uh, because of Democrats' actions. Normally, I'm all for a balance of power, and that's how our system of government was set up. If one party controls one of the houses and the other controls the other of the houses, the one controls the Senate, one controls the Congress or the, um, the House of Representatives, then they can't really do anything because one blocks the other. That's a beautiful thing. I'm sorry, it just is. So the I fear right now that the Senate could fall into the Democrats' hands. So whoever your Senate candidate is, if they're up for re-election, uh, please, please do vote red, vote GOP, because right now the balance of power depends on it. So let's get into this. Right, There are 23 seats up for re-election on the GOP side, and a few of these are in trouble. So let's talk about those. Colorado. In Colorado, and I'm getting this, by the way, from the Daily Caller. In Colorado, a Democratic-leaning state that Hillary Clinton won by five points in 2016, uh, is, is it's in the GOP hands right now, but former Governor John Hickenlooper won the primary to face the current Senator Cory Gardner. So... Hickenlooper, according to the article, had consistent strong support from suburban voters across the state in the previous general election. So if if Gardner cannot pull out this win, and this one's a tough one, there's no polling right now in real clear politics on this one. So the pollings will start coming out pretty soon. But right now, um, Hickenlooper is is. In some of the local polls, and again, real clear politics doesn't happen, but there are some polling. Uh, Gardner has consistently trailed Hickenlooper by double digits. So is a huge deficit 
for this one right now. He is one of the most vulnerable incumbent senators in the country. This is from Roll Call. So Hickenlooper is a beloved governor doing well against Gardner. Gardner is in a tough position. Now, Trump didn't win Colorado last go around. So if Trump can't if, if Trump's not going to win this one again, Colorado's not one of those swing states. It's not a battleground state. It doesn't show up in the battleground states. So Hickenlooper right now is leading, and it, lo- it doesn't look. I mean, real clear politics uh, has this one as a leans dim. So this one is a potential loss for the Republicans. So another state, Arizona. Martha McSally is the current sitting senator, Republican, and she's going up against Democrat Mark Kelly. And this is another one where Kelly has been consistently leading in the polls, but uh, Real Clear Politics has this one as a toss-up. So right now, Kelly is up 5.2% in the polls. So this one is kind of, it's bubbling on the margin of error, but he's got a couple of polls where Kelly is above in the margin of error. But again, Real Clear Politics has this one as a toss-up. So this is a Senate race to watch. So another one that uh, to watch is Maine. Susan Collins. Now, Susan Collins has come out and said that she will not be voting for um, Amy Coney Barrett for Supreme Court. Now, why has she come out and said that? Well, that's because she's in a blue state. Uh, she Clinton also defeated uh, Trump in this state by about 3%. So this is one where Collins right now, she's in trouble. Now, Real Clear Politics still has this one as a toss-up because Collins, you know, she, she doesn't always vote with the president. So she's got kind of a, um, <clears throat> um, what's the word I'm looking for? And a reputation for being independent from uh, the Republican Party, or because she doesn't always side with the Republican Party. But right now, Gideon, who is her challenger, Sarah Gideon, is up s- from the aggregate up 6.5%. So she's up above the margin of error by a couple of points in some polls. So you got uh, uh, Collins is worried. This is why Collins has not come out and said that she'll vote for Amy Coney Barrett because she possibly could lose a reelection. Another one that's really surprising, it's kind of sad almost, is North Carolina. North Carolina, the governor of North Carolina right now, I'm sorry, not the governor, the senator of North Carolina, who is Tillis, Tom Tillis, uh, he, he right now is behind in the polls against his challenger, Cal Cunningham, by six points. Cunningham is up six points. And that's above the margin of error as well. Now, the reason I say this is sad, this is, this, you know, this is a state that Trump won. And this is a state that I believe Trump is going to win again. Real Clear Politics has this one as a toss-up. So to be curious to see what happens in the polls in the coming days as we get closer with this one. I mean, this is a state that has voted red several times. And this is a state that, you know, Trump has gone back and forth in the polling, but I think Trump's going to win this one in North Carolina. But Tom Tillis is in a tough fight. So you got three right there. Uh, You got Arizona. Well, you got Colorado, Arizona and Maine that 
look very tough for the GOP. And then you got North Carolina that also looked tough for the GOP. Uh, but you also got some other states in play. If I'm looking at the real clear politics, you, states that are toss ups, uh, they got Georgia as a toss up. This is where it breaks down for me. Uh, Purdue uh, uh, is the senator, um, David Purdue, and he's going up against John Ossoff. Now, the polls have Purdue up 3.8%. Um, if you know anything about Georgia and Georgia politics, um, John Ossoff ran for um, a representative seat here in District 6 where I live, and he lost. And he lost by a slim margin, but he spent so much money. I mean, there was so much money behind him to get to turn this seat blue but he couldn't do it. Can Karen handle won that election? And the seat did go blue, but they've been calling Georgia a purple state for years. I mean, years. And it just hasn't happened. John Ossoff is a horrible campaigner. He's just a horrible campaigner. I, I don't believe uh, they can pull this one off. So while Real Clear Politics has this as a toss up, I don't think we're going to lose the Senate seat in Georgia. Purdue is going to win this one. Uh, Iowa is also a toss up. So you got Johnny, Joni Erse, who's a Republican, of course, is running against Teresa Greenfield. Now the polls are within the margin of error. Greenfield is up 2.6% in the aggregate polls. So this is an Iowa poll. So, uh, you know, I'm not really sure that they Democrats can pull this one off. It's within the margin of error. So right now you're basically got a neck and neck. Uh, you got Trump um, is tied in the real clear politics average, which means you know, Trump's going to win. So one poll has Trump up 3%. Another poll has Biden up 3%. Trump won this state in 2016 by 9.5%. So again, if the debates go well for Trump, uh, this still help with some coattails, and I think Iowa stays Republican. Uh, then you got Michigan. Now, Michigan is not a Republican race. This is Democrat. Current Senator Gary Peters, Democrat, is trailing his opponent, John James, who's a Republican. Uh, I'm sorry, that, I'm wrong about that. Peters is up. Peters is up and within the margin of error. He's up 3.8%. But Real Clear Politics has this one up as a toss-up. So could this be that the Democrats lose this seat to a Republican in Michigan? Michigan, you know, Trump barely won Michigan in 2016. And Trump is polling, his trend is good in Michigan. So this could be a seat that goes red. It's Michigan though. It's just, you know, don't know with Michigan. And then South Carolina, Lindsey Graham. They got it as a toss-up. Uh, Lindsey Graham has got to be one of the most wishy-washy politicians there ever was. And he's been able to hang on all these years. I remember when he was a, a rep House of, in the House of Representatives. Uh, didn't like him then. Don't really like him now. He's up against uh, Jamie Harrison. Uh, Jamie Harrison has done okay in his campaigning, but I don't think uh, he's going to be able to pull this off. I think Lindsey Graham keeps this. So if you go back to where Real Clear Politics has the race right now, or the Senate, uh, toss-ups for Republicans, there are seven toss-ups for Republicans and one Democrat. Uh, leans Republicans, lightly GOP, you got one Democrat, 
in Alabama that is probably going to lose his race. That if you remember this race, uh, Doug Jones won it because they put up just the the worst candidate ever. Tommy uh, Tuberville is the Republican candidate and is leading in the polls by eight points. So that's probably the one the Democrats will lose. Uh, Michigan is way up in the air, but the Republicans are most likely going to lose Colorado, most likely going to lose Maine. There's a possibility that they lose. There's two seats right there that they lose. Arizona is going to be tight, um, but if they lose Arizona, that effectively you now have a 50-50 and the, the tiebreaker will be the vice president. So this is a nail biter. I don't think, I don't see where other than Alabama, that's the only seat. I think the Republicans are going to flip. Uh, the Democrats possibly going to flip Colorado and Maine. Now that'll give the GOP 51. So that'll keep the GOP in control. And that's all you need. All you need is 51, but Arizona is a nail biter. So Arizona and North Carolina, North Carolina are nail biters for the Republicans. So <clears throat> in summary, so <clears throat> 23 Republican seats are up. Uh, three of those seats are in big trouble. Cory Garner of Colorado, uh, McSally of Arizona, and Collins of Maine. Now, Real Clear, Clear Politics has McSally in Arizona and Collins of Maine as toss-ups, but they have Colorado leans Dem. Uh, I think we lose Colorado. Now, we gain Alabama. And that's a strong, likely GOP. So we lose Colorado, gain Alabama. We're still 53 to 47. And I know two of the 47 are independents, but, you know, bear with me. They're Democrats. Uh, if we lose McSally, Arizona, and Collins in Maine, now it's 51. So I, I believe <clears throat> that we lose Colorado. We lose Maine. I think we keep Arizona by the skin of our teeth. And it's now going to be a 51-49 Senate. GOP still holds it. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's just not a lot of um, um, not a lot of action, not a lot of uh, um, wishy-washy, or what am I saying? Not a lot of people on the fence. I guess is what I'm trying to say with these elections. You know, the, it looks pretty straightforward. There's just not a lot of excitement going on with the Senate race. It's kind of been taking a back table to the presidential race because, you know, the Senate race is obviously, or this, I'm sorry, the presidential race is obviously a lot more sexy, entertaining uh, interest because it's Donald Trump versus Joe Biden and Joe Biden. We don't know where he is with cognitive skills, yada, yada, yada. So what, you know, who cares about the Senate race? Well, everyone should care about the Senate race. This is what worries me more than anything else. You know, I, I'm not dug into the House race so much. I would, you know, it's wishful thinking that the Republicans win back the House. But I just don't see how, uh, <clears throat> how the Republicans can pull off winning back the House of Representatives. At this point in time, our biggest concern needs to be that the GOP um, keeps the Senate because the House, I, don't, I just don't see it. In the polling right now, I'll look into it. I'll report maybe next Tuesday. We'll talk more about it. But again, I think today, the debate that happens today changes everything. I think this is where 
we get into where we'll start seeing poles really start to shift, really start to change. And then all of a sudden, because this is what happens every single time, every single presidential election, you see the polls start to tighten as they get closer because all these polling places want to keep their credibility. So top battleground states for Trump. Let's go over that really quick and uh, kind of see where the trends are. Right now, you've got Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Arizona. They still have as the top battleground states. Remember, Trump won the election because he won Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin by razor-thin margins. Florida, I think Trump's got Florida. I think Trump wins Florida. And again, all this could be moot after the debate. I mean, if Trump blows out the debate or Biden blows out the debate. It all changes after the debates. So, but right now, <clears throat> Trump's got Florida. Uh, right now, the polling has Biden up 1.1%. But that's, that's not, that, I mean, there's no way that uh, Trump doesn't pull out Florida at this point in time. Even ABC News, Washington Post has Trump up 4%. So Biden up 1.1% in the aggregate at Florida. Trump won Florida by 1.2% last time. Going into the election, Trump was up in Florida by 0.2%. At this same time, in the polling for last election cycle, Clinton was leading 3 5%. So Trump still has the trends for Florida. So uh, remember... No president has won the presidency without winning Florida. Pennsylvania, Biden is up 5.7%. So, you know, he's trailing a little better. Now, again, remember, he's from Pennsylvania, but his aggregate is up 5.7%. Trump has dropped a little bit recently in Pennsylvania. But at this point in time, the polling for the last election cycle, you had... Um, uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Pennsylvania last time Trump won it by 0.7. So this is still a battleground state and it's going to continue probably right up until the election, right up until the election last go around. Clinton was up on election day, 1.9% going into election day. Trump won it by 0.7%. Clinton this time around at this same point in time in the 2016 election was up 9%, 12%, 10%. She was up double digits. Biden's not up double digits. So the trend still is favorable for Trump in Pennsylvania. Now, Michigan, again, if Michigan, if Trump can win Michigan, we possibly could win that Senate seat in Michigan as well. The Trafalgar group, which is the only one that caught, got Michigan right last time, has Trump up 1%. Right now, they have Trump winning it. However, Biden is up 5.2% in aggregate polls. Remember, Trump only won Michigan by 0.3%. But this same time, Clinton was up 11%. She was up double digits at this point in the 2016 election. Biden's up 5.2. Trends look good for Trump in Michigan. Then you got Wisconsin. Biden's leading right now, Wisconsin, 5.5%. Now, again, Trump won this one by razor margin last time, 0.7%. So at this point in time in the election cycle, last go around, Clinton was up 8%. So again, Trump's trends out of this one are better 
than they were last election cycle. North Carolina, North Carolina, we possibly could lose a Senate seat in North Carolina, but Biden right now in North Carolina is up 0.8%. So it's effectively, I wouldn't even say it's a dead heat. Trump, that would, I would say Trump is leading. He won the state by 3.7% last time. Going into the election, he was up 1% and came out with a win of 3.7%. And this cycle, this same time, last go around, Clinton was up 2%, 1%. So this is one where Biden actually is trending better than Clinton did. Um, cause he's trending up in North Carolina. No, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. 0.8. So he's actually still trending below Clinton, but slightly. This one's a dead heat. This one by all in, by all, um, 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 data is a dead heat, North Carolina, but I still think Trump gets North Carolina. I don't think Trump's going to lose North Carolina, Arizona, Biden's leading in Arizona by 3.4%, but there's been some movement in Arizona. The, an ABC news, Washington post poll has Trump up in Arizona by 1%. Trump won Arizona by 3.5% and Biden's been dropping in the polls and Trump's been going up in the polls recent weeks. This time, this last time with uh, Clinton, she was up 5% in Arizona. So the trends are the same in Arizona. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Biden was is leading right now in Arizona 3.4. So now the trends have shifted towards Trump for Arizona. So all of the battleground states, we got six battleground states and all of them, the trends favor Trump. Now, North Carolina, Arizona, the, could they have coattails that bring those Senate seats or keep those Senate seats in the GOP? Now, I say this today on this this um, trend podcast, this polling trend podcast, everything could change after the debate. He, if Biden can pull off a debate win by just performing average, by not having those Bidenisms, by not showing cognitive decline, it could change the course of the election. It could give Biden the win. If Biden slips up and it looks like that cheese is sliding off that cracker or has hit the floor, Biden's toast. It's an important debate. Probably the most important debate that uh, I can remember in my lifetime. I mean, the Clinton-Trump debate, the first one, very highly rated because you didn't know what Trump was going to say. You didn't. You, it was the entertainment factor. So this one's different. People are watching this one and tuning in this one to see Biden, not Trump. We know how Trump's going to act. Trump's been consistent his whole career. He's been consistent the whole time he's gotten into politics. We know what he's going to do. We know how he's going to act, react. What we don't know is can Biden handle this? All right. So GOP, it's sweating bullets. If the GOP loses the Senate and they can't win the House back, which doesn't look like they're going to do it, Trump's going to get impeached. He'll be removed from office. If the Democrats keep the House of Representatives and win the Senate, Trump will be impeached. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think the GOP is going to lose two seats in the Senate, um, possibly three seats in the Senate. They'll gain Alabama. So I think what will happen on Election Day, here's my prediction, 51 GOP, 49 leftist lunatic. Okay, okay, I, I, I kid, I kid. 47 Democrats, and there's two independents. By the way, one of those independents is Bernie Sanders. How, how, you know, the guy who ran as a Democrat for president of the United States? 
then immediately switch back to being an independent. Mm-hmm. That's the left for you. So anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. I know it's kind of wonky um, and, and it's kind of iffy because we just don't know what's going to happen out of this debate. It could change the course of everything. Thanks for listening to the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. And again, please check out our website, thepblpodcast.com and just click on our YouTube link and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We have had a lot of activity on YouTube and I'm starting to put out some independent videos just for YouTube. I do put my TikTok videos on YouTube so you can see them without the Chinese spying on you, but I'm also doing other quick videos too. Would love your support to watch those videos and subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel is Politics and Brown Liquor. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. How was that, Tinks? She gave me the side eye, folks. Again, the side eye. Former ninja here. Don't miss it. Former ninja. Very excited to tell you about a partnership I have with Hollywood casting director Kathy Rinking. Now, Kathy, who's been in the Hollywood business since 1994, casting for films and televisions, has put together a workshop where she takes her acting chops and teaches business professionals charisma coaching. Now, Kathy has been working with actors for years, teaching them how to be more charismatic on camera. So why is charisma coaching for you, if you are in business and you are in front of people or your staff, your team is in front of people, whether it be through networking, public speaking, or even dealing with the media on camera, charisma coaching will help you uncover your natural sexiness. Yes, I said sexiness. It'll help you create chemistry in the room by making about the other person. It'll show you how to express vulnerability and still show strength, as well as control the adrenaline rush when they're either with a crowd of people or, again, talking with the media in front of camera. So if you are in business and your team is out there interacting, or if you want to develop a skill set where you're comfortable in front of a crowd and a camera, then contact Kathy at youritfactor.net or reach out to her via phone at 720-985-8852. That is youritfactor.net. You're going to love this workshop.